Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Top of the morning to you. Welcome in. This is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Polly Howard as we are live as always in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino coming up today. On the program, plenty from last night's Monday night football game. Jonathan Von Tobel is going to be in studio in an hour from right now. We will preview the NBA season as that bad boy starts tonight. Paul Stone, college football betting analysis in two hours. And Mike Florio, pro football talk, plenty to get into with him coming up a little bit later on in the program. And Paulie, looking back last night at Monday night's game, the unders continue to be the story on the season now. Eh, 56-37-1. and and it depends on how you grade some of the totals from this previous week. But I'll go 10 more unders hit this week in the NFL. And just the offensive la- uh, offenses last night, not clicking, not a lot of juice, not a lot of flow to the game after that start by the Broncos where Russ was 10 of 10. And uh, Chargers got yeah. the job done in overtime in a sloppy game. <laughs> yeah, it was good to have you back. Thanks. Uh, 22 and 10 to the under in division games. First half was French laundry. Second half was jack-in-the-box. 
What happened to this guy? I don't know. He was good in Seattle, and now, now he's dealing with the injury, but the throw for 15 yards in the second half? This team could be 5-1. and one. Horrible losses the last two games. Second half points, 3-10-8-7, 3-3. Hackett not making any adjustments. Nope. I'd like to see him go up-tempo. There's too much talent on this team to play like this offensively and to have a 2-4 and four record and a play like this on offense. Yeah, I mean, play- the defense is playing their guts out, and you're blowing it every Every week. game, the defense brings it. Clearly talented on that side of the ball. Yeah. I think the Javante Williams injury is going to be something we're going to look back on and say, boy, that was pretty big because they can't run. The- Where was Gordon last night? He said the benching, like nobody told me I was benched. I think he had three carries in the game. That was all Latavius Murray. They can't get the job done in the red zone. They can't get a, uh, the job done no. in short yardage. And to expand on your point, he, here's how many points the defense has allowed in losses on the year. In losses, 17, 12, 19, and there was that 32-point game against the, the Raiders. So think about that for a second. They've lost three games allowing 12, 17, and 19 points and score, scores in their two wins on offense, 11 and 16. That's how many points they put up. Yep. So yep. here's what's going to happen. At the end of this year... And into the summertime next year and like right around August, this team is going to be, well, look at this. They played in 11 one-score games, right? And they lost nine of them. Whatever, it's going to be something like that. And they had a lot of injuries. They were low-scoring games. They turned the ball over in the red zone. They couldn't score. This is going to be a great candidate to go over their win total next year. That's my prediction. Okay, yeah, you're you're right. Between the the awful red zone, the the problems uh, in the second half, the problems period on offense, Two other observations. Two lousy coaches last night. I'll expand on that coming up. But I'm watching the game thinking, can you imagine if Sean Payton was coaching one of these teams with the talent on both sides? I mean, that's, that's probably an 11 or 12 win team if you put Sean Payton on the Chargers or the Broncos. Uh, and the other thing, I don't know if Matt said this on air or off air. It's to the point now where it, I don't even know if it, uh, crunch time. I'm not putting a guy back on punts. Nothing good yeah. can come of it. There's always a block in the back. And then it's friendly fire. The guy fumbles. Worst case there, you're supposed to tie again. Worst case. Three minutes and change, you're getting the ball back. Sure. And, and, and then they fumble. They fumble the punt, and it leads to a, a Charger win, which in the 43 people in Survivor, they're living right. They had no business moving on in Survivor either here. We could have been down to 300 people. I mean, that, that's got to be a tie. Worst, best case for uh, for Charger fans and Charger backers, and, yeah, and the survive you can't you can't fumble that. It's a good observation about having that. Like, there are no Devin Hester's in this league right now. What's the point? And look at again. Russ started ten of ten. He finished five of eighteen. No juice there. Look at Herbert. He threw the ball huh, 50, yeah, fifty-seven yeah. times for uh, two hundred and thirty-eight yards. And he, I, here's my my biggest problem again. Going oh, this is like now for at least a couple of years. With the teams that go for it on fourth down, and I agree with like every spot that he went for last night with us daily. It's not the fourth down calling so much to me. I, I like fourth and short to me. I'm pretty much going to be on board all, all the time or most of the time. It's the play calling. When you have a, a you know short yardage situation, fourth and short, third and short, whatever it might be, and then you plug Herbert in at shotgun, and then the play he starts rolling back, he starts dropping back seven, yes. eight, ten yards. Yeah. It's it's got to be a quick, and I know they have injuries, the offensive line, no Keenan Allen. I get that, right? He's your best short yardage guy, one of the best in the entire league. But if you're going to go shotgun and then he starts running backwards already on a fourth and two, like what? That's that's terrible play calling. You you can't you can't design a play like that. Yeah, I can't believe he throws 57 times for 230 yards. That's the other thing too, coming down to scheme. 
and everything is Charlie check down, which can't happen with Herbert. Um, you know, a lot of these are tough calls because he doesn't know about the kicking situation with Hopkins. Oh, that's hurt. That's another. But, but that's. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, right. I'll give you. Okay, this is a prove where how he's a bad coach. It's third and seventeen from the nineteen yard line with a minute left in the second quarter. Denver's out of timeouts. What does he do? He threw the ball. Yep. That you gave Denver three points before halftime. Yes, you did. That was stupid. Uh-huh. Run the ball, kick the field goal. You go into halftime. You don't give them any time. He threw the ball. I mean, what do you think you're going to try? What are you going to accomplish there? Third, third and, and long. It was at the 19 yard line. It was third and 17 with a minute left, and Denver was out of time. I think he, I think he wanted the PI there or took a shot with the, maybe a defensive pass interference. But is that worth the gamble? No, it wasn't. It wasn't before that spot. No, no. Just run it. And go to halftime. Kick your field goal. I couldn't believe that. But uh, what do you do if you're Denver now? Now the Jets might walk into another gift. Now Wilson's no. got the hammy. So I was going to say, oh, no, Jets catch a break. It could be ripping Sunday. But the way he's playing, it might be an upgrade how bad the offense has been. Yep. So that number before the game last night for the this this upcoming week, Denver at home to the Jets. It was Broncos minus three. It's now down to two and a half. Well, who's scoring in that game? Look at that total. You just, you just ran down everything with Denver. It's 42. Yeah. Why, why, are we, why does Denver have a game on the board in the 40s? Right. Five, of the, five and one to the under. The high-scoring game was the Raider game. Sure. But Zach Wilson threw for 100 yards Sunday. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's run with Hall, play defense, maybe get a special teams break. Sure, a blunder I mean, by the other uh, team. Yeah, you put 42 in a Denver game. Uh, yeah, exactly that, right. That can only go one way, in my opinion. That That's not going to go up. It's going to go down if it, if it moves, and it probably will. But that's, I mean, should the Broncos be favored against the Jets? I say yes, but if the Russ injury comes into play, then who the hell knows? What could happen there? And the other one is uh, the Chargers at home against the Seahawks. L.A. is, well, they were seven. It's now down to six and a half. The total there is 51 and a half. Seabags, three and three. And something tells me this Chargers team will look a yeah. little healthier than what Arizona did against the Seahawks defense. Well, yeah. You got, you got to get Allen back, too. But that's, uh, I, I'll tell you what, I don't have confidence in Hackett to fix this. No way. No way turn this around. And then you have to worry about the, the, the finger pointing again and the infighting. Sure. I mean, again, you get you have that long layoff where you blew a game at home and lost 12-9 in overtime. Colt, for one week, the Colts made the adjustments. They're like, the hell with it. We're throwing 58 That's times. Right. And Ryan looked good. Here, it's the same crap. Matt Ryan had, what, 34 passes, 37 at halftime? At halftime, in the yeah. game? Yes. Yeah. So here is Hackett assessing where the team is after the loss last night. Yeah, it's very disappointing. I think all those guys know that. They're disappointed. I'm disappointed. Uh, We have to look from within. Every single person has to look at themselves, how we can all get better, Uh, whether whether it's the penalties, whether it's the self-inflicted wounds, what we can correct to uh, be able to move forward Uh, because there's still a lot of football left, and we got to grow. we got to be better as a team all around. It starts with me and the the offense, and then uh, we got to keep the defense off the field. Special teams got to be better. I mean, there are so many different things. You know, We're always hard on ourselves, and uh, we'll be sure to correct those things and make sure we move forward and, and get better. Okay, pal. Yeah, sure. We trust you. Yeah. Right? We have faith in you. Schedule's manageable coming up, but you just see that they can't score against anybody. Jets, Jags, and in the bye week. Yeah. So that, that there's a lot of winnable games coming up here in the next five. Uh, but that, I don't I don't have any confidence in this coaching staff, and he's going to turn it around. I mean, it's just, we're, we're, we're six games in here. It's the same crap on offense. Do they have any more primetime games this oh, year? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. That's fun. Yeah. Christmas. Yeah. That's right. Definitely, definitely the Rams. Christmas. There's another one on there, too. What was yeah. that total, you think, before the season started compared to where it's going to be at right now? Oh, my Probably. God. Good observation. 51 and a half down to 38? 
The, the Rams game? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, Stafford oh. might throw a couple pick sixes, but that's... Yeah, you can chalk that up, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I looked uh, after the game last night. So, right now, again, this is a, you know, a general statement about the entire league. We have 12 teams in the NFL averaging fewer than 20 points per game right now. 12. Okay, last year we had 10 for the full season. The pandemic year, 2020, we had four. Four. I just, I looked back the last 10 years. It's the only time we've had 12. It's never, we've never, we haven't had a full season. I just went back 10. I can go back more than that. But seven, seven, eight, seven, four, a couple of 10s. There's one 11, but this year, 12. That's, that tells you, and some of the teams at the very bottom of the list, Broncos are right there. What do you think they were at the beginning of the season to uh, be the lowest scoring team. team in the league? Yeah, I know. What do you think it is? Bad coaching? I mean, because every single rule put into place, boy, the roughing the passer penalties again. Oh, popped up again last they, night. They, 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 I gave Herbert a hug. Blank. Okay, yep. blank. But every penalty and, and everything is geared towards more points and it every is. flag against the defense, and you still can't get high-scoring games. 60% to the under on the season, and as I mentioned again, 22-10 and 10 under in division games and a sick under run in primetime games the whole season. I don't think we have many uh, great offensive lines in the league at this point. Because every game that you watch, for the most part, you see guys dropping back and they're under pressure immediately. That doesn't help. And uh, last night again, a flag fest, just all oh, over yeah. the holding. The one, the, the poor kid for the Broncos had four PIs himself. Yeah, could have had five. That that ref though has been an under machine. When that when that ref that that had yeah. leading the crew, it's mm. like a twenty nine and nine under run going back. Wow. Okay. When that guy's uh, yes. All right, fall sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us uh, every week for new promotions like Tuesday Hockey, First Goal insurance, uh, insurance, Friday Night College Football Bet, plus Get, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and more. Head to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today. It's a whole new game. We'll have win some, lose some coming up next. Paulie will have details on the third biggest upset in the sport since 2005 2006. Next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. 
With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from The Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome back. Start your morning with VSIN's new podcast, VSIN Daily Morning Bets. Josh Applebond gives you every piece of info you need to be ready for betting the day's biggest games in 15 minutes. Line movement, injuries, and make the VSIN Daily Morning Bets podcast part of your morning routine. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. All right, this is going to be a lot of fun. Here we go. Yes, the NBA season starts tonight. Oh, yeah. It is Follow the Money here on VEASAN, the sports betting network, and VEASAN's very own senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel. Is, this is live, folks. Live, this is uh, 5 a.m. on the West Coast here. You're up and at him, ready to go? Well, the start of the NBA season, average wake-up time is like 4 a.m., 3.45. Got to get these market reports out. They'll start today, too, the daily write-up. So yeah. uh, got to get back in the swing of things. It's a great way, great way to do it. Okay, so let's get right into the game that we have tonight and the Eastern Conference, right? Yeah. This is a doozy. Good job by the NBA scheduling the Sixers against the Celtics. Um, Celtics, I, uh, this is in the guide, the VEASAN Pro Betting Guide. 4-11 and 11 ATS the last three years against Philly. 1-4 ATS at home. Uh uh, we said this in the, in the previous segment. I think we're watching the best team in the East tonight, and it's not Boston. Uh, I agree. I think it is the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, they have one seed written all over them. They're going to try to win a lot of games. Their lineup is tremendous. They're starting five. You know, if you look at some of the numbers with Harden and Embiid on the floor together, it's absolutely mind-boggling when you look at their efficiency. I've got them at last year when you had Harden and uh, Embiid on the floor together, uh, 124.9 offensive rating and a net rating of plus 15.8. Like, they were incredible. 
And they're only going to be better this year with a lot more time and an offseason to work together. Mm-hmm. So I agree. And in this game, it's interesting. So I heard you mention uh, the NBA better you respect that keeps grabbing the Clippers at 8-1. to one. Uh, He and I both, we were talking over when these numbers opened up. Philly opened up six over at William Hill. They were catching six in this game about a month ago. This is down to now two and a half. I, they, they were well, I said that yeah, with the Udoka it, business yep. too. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah. So Robert yeah, Williams isn't playing. Yeah. It opened oh, up yeah. as high as that. Like, yeah. so I actually grabbed five and a half like a month ago. Here, the the ship is a little sailed on the number, obviously, because you're down to two and a half. Yeah. But I would say this. So last year, home court was worth one and a half points. If you're rolling in still with that mentality, to say that without Robert Williams, the Celtics are still grading out as a slightly better team, I would still disagree with that. Mm. So, obviously, basketball set up for in-game wagering and whatnot. Maybe sit back, wait for a better number. But I think Philly's going to be very live tonight to win this game outright. Honestly. What do we make of uh, Udoka out for the year? You know, I don't know if it's that big of a deal. Like, okay. yeah, I, and that's not a slight against Udoka. It's, you know, the numbers that I keep bringing up, right? Uh, they were 26, the net rating clutch minutes. That's games within five points of five or fewer minutes uh-huh. left to go. To me, that's a coaching thing, right? You can't draw up any offense. That's been their, their big reason why it was, I think, an offense rating in 97.7 in those minutes. I mean, hell, we saw it in the, the finals, right? They had nothing offensively at the end of those games. It got super disjointed. I think that's kind of a big deal. I think they were bottom 20s uh, in terms of points out of timeouts last season. It's a coaching thing, oh, right? Yeah. Really not really worth that big of a deal. Right. So I think the Williams injury, Paul, is more impactful because he's going to be out maybe up to 12 weeks. And I think he got that procedure about three or four weeks ago. That's more impactful, I think, than Udoka for a season-long type of deal. Okay. We, we all agree on the Sixers. Love the acquisition of Melton. Everyone needs a Tucker on their team. Yep. Hard to get. Embiid said go get him. Uh, I think I'm down on Miami uh, like you are, but I could talk to you for two hours. But this is, finally, we have depth in the East. So you have a lot of teams with expectations. Who's going to be in the, think about who's going to be in the play-in games. Think about that from a standpoint in the East. Someone's going to be very disappointed. Right. And they say, I think, too, like when you're looking at the Eastern Conference, and it's both of these, right? You know, if you go through and you're listing out like the eight teams, so it seems like the, excuse me, the Los Angeles Lakers who might be on the outside looking in of the, the Western Conference and the play-in spot. In the Eastern Conference, I mean, you're talking about like these eight teams at least, right, on the surface. It's Bucks, 76ers, Celtics, Nets, Cavs, Hawks, Heat, Raptors. Like, who are you kicking out? For the rest of these play-in teams, are going to potentially be floating around in that range. It's going to be fascinating to see what's going to happen uh, in this conference overall. I think you're kind of solid, like with the top eight and whoever the fringe teams are. The Washington Wizards, we got like a bunch of B-minus guys who might be kind of good, uh, like for you know a ten seed or whatever it is. I think the Knicks are going to be a little bit better than the market gives them credit for, at least from the standpoint of like going over thirty-nine and a half wins. But you're right, like the Nets. If they stay together, the Bucs still have Giannis, and I love the addition of Joe Ingles once they get healthy because they got a lot of injuries coming into the regular season. This conference is going to be nuts watching it. Based on that with Milwaukee, uh, and I know numbers have moved, but as of right now, would maybe an under on their win total still be worth it to you? Yeah, I think so. Like, Look, this is a team that we kind of saw a lot. At the end of the year, they didn't really mind, but I think when you're looking at the standpoint of how deep these playoff runs have been for this team. They want to get back to the NBA Finals. Their top three small forwards are all shelved to start the year. Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton, Joe Ingles. They're super thin at the position. They lost a bunch of games to injury last year between their big three. And Giannis was kind of an Ironman, but you're talking about Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. I think it's pretty clear now, like, yeah, let's shoot for a top four seed. We want home court, but I'm not sure if they're really going to be pushing it. And then the injuries on top of that, because they're really thin at one position. I think those are really important, too. Like when you talk about betting win totals, those injuries, that makes the difference between like one or two or maybe even three wins, especially with these really high win totals that teams like Milwaukee are experiencing. So I would say yes. Like If anything, I'm looking under for Milwaukee because the injuries might hold them back a little bit to start the year. Tell us why this is going to work in Atlanta with the addition of DeJounte Murray. 
So I, I always use this example. Remember when the Nets traded for Harden? And everybody's like, oh, there's only one ball. How's that going to work? And then when we're on the floor together, that was one of the best offenses we had seen in a really long time. They were incredible. NBA stars make it work. And I think when you look at the way that DeJounte Murray and Trey Young can work together, there's a lot of intrigue there. Trey Young, it was a super small sample size. He only averaged one catch-and-shoot three-point attempt per game last year, but he shot well over 40% on those attempts. Uh, he is very good in terms of moving off the ball. DeJounte Murray is good off the ball, too, because I think a lot of people get wrapped up, Mitch, in like, hey, DeJounte Murray, he only shot 36% on catch-and-shoot three-point attempts last year. That's fine, but he also gets to attack closeouts. He gets to cut off the basket. He gets to do all these other things. I think those two are going to work really well together. There were times in the preseason where they were doing a little your turn, my turn, where Trey Young would just hang out in the corner, let DeJounte do his thing, and then vice versa. But if they're going to start to like work off of each other, they're going to have a lot more off-ball movement with both of them, which I think is going to be the case. That That has a potential to be really good. And that team's good, man. Like They just, I think, inked Hunter to an extension, right? If he's going to stay healthy, Bogdan Bogdanovich is a really good player. If he's going to stay healthy, they're kind of thin once you get past like seven, but Onyeko Okongu is freaking awesome. That's a really solid team, I think. If, if, if the, you, listen, if you find one person out there who says they're all in or you don't know what's going to happen with the Nets. Yeah. You, there's no, no, you can't have any confidence in what the Nets are going to do. That could go sideways again. Kyrie could be Kyrie. Who knows? Simmons? Come on. Right. <laughs> so I, I, come on, I jokingly wrote about it in the guide, Paul, that if you're going to bet coach of the year, if you bet Nash, he just got to get him to the finish line. Like if they finish yeah. like fourth in the East and they all stay together. The narrative behind him getting this team to just stick together after their offseason, you know how many votes he's going to get for that award? Will that be good enough? I don't know, but like, I just, voters are super simplistic, man. You know, when it comes to some of these awards, uh, you the, have this the NBA awards voting is right. just, oh boy. And can you imagine the narrative behind that, especially if they finish like fourth in the East? Like the narrative of Nash, Kevin Durant asked him to get fired in the offseason <laughs> yeah, prior. Right. Yeah. And then now all of a sudden they're <laughs> still the together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're still yeah. together and they win like the fourth seed in the East. There's yeah. going to be a lot of voters who like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you you get Curry, you get uh, Harris healthy. On paper, could be good. Oh, Royce O'Neal's there. Sure, like they, I, they got a lot of good pieces on yeah, paper. Yeah. yeah, but then again, uh, Nash comes out and says, "I don't care if Simmons ever shoots." Yeah, which uh, good mm-hmm. luck with that. I don't. You can't anyways. Okay, what what did you do on the day that Donovan Mitchell got traded to the Cavaliers? And how high are you on Cleveland right now? So I'm I'm not as high as a lot of people. I think the one thing that you and I were talking we actually were talking about this off the air, but Evan Mobley at forty to one to win defensive player of the year. I think that's the angle to go with there. See, so here's my problem. So first off, it, it is not made enough of how bad Donovan Mitchell is as a defender. He's not like he's not good in any way, shape, or form. He's a big reason why Utah fell apart in the postseason. It wasn't just on him. But what happened to the postseason was Rudy Gobert was set to go put out a bunch of fires, and Donovan Mitchell was starting a bunch of them with the way he was playing along the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Now he pairs up with Darius Garland. It's a little bit of a problem there. That's a really poor defensive backcourt. And you can say, sure, hey, we have Evan Mobley. We'll just switch that, and Evan Mobley will defend that. you got to be able to execute the switch on the other end too, right? So you can't just switch Donovan Mitchell off because then you're just going to go after him. I think that's kind of a big problem. And also, who's their small forward? Uh, Isaac Okoro's fine, but he's really undersized. I think he shot 34, 33% on like catch and shoot threes and from the corner. So they're just going to play off of him when he's out there on the floor. So they don't have a really big wing to go out there and attack other wings on the defensive end other than uh, other than Mobley. Like, I think they're going to be good. I think he fits really well with Darius Garland. They should be a top eight seed in the East, but I'm not really gung-ho and like betting them over and thinking they're going to be a top four seed or something like that because I think that there are some pretty clear weaknesses with this team that not a lot of people are accounting for. And here's the other thing, too. Yeah. They might be slow started. They might get better as the year goes along. But, like, 
Ricky Rubio, we want to see if he's going to be fully healthy as the bench comes along. Their bench is kind of old overall. Kevin Love, are you going to get another six-man year out of him? I, I just I have some trepidation with like the gun, like all of the love for Cleveland. I don't know if they're going to be as good as a lot of people expect. Numbers long gone. Pistons eighteen to one to make the playoffs, and yeah. are the Bulls make are going to Bulls going to miss the playoffs? Uh, yeah, I think the Bulls are in a, for a really rough year. Uh, I, like so, Concur, if you yeah. look at if you look at some of their defensive numbers from last season, especially post All Star break. Uh, after the All-Star break, they had a defensive rating of 117.9. They were one of the worst in the NBA. That's going to be the team, I think, that starts to show up a little bit more. Well, the, the Lonzo injury is huge. Oh, it's massive. Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely huge. If you look at the the numbers with Lonzo Ball on and off the court, and then Alex Caruso, like those two out there, it was incredible. But with Lonzo out there, now you put Ayo Desunmu, who's going to be their starting point guard now. And I like Desunmu, but he's a second-year guy. The defensive numbers were not good with him at point guard last year. They got it scored by, I think, about six points per 100 possessions, uh, somewhere in that range. It's not really good. And so, like, their point guard position is an absolute mess. You're asking DeMar DeRozan to, again, replicate what he did yeah. last year, which is really tough. And their center is a nightmare defensively, and Nikola Vucevic. I just, especially when the East, right? You're talking about how deep it is. Yeah. That's going to be a problem, I think, for Chicago. Sixers five to one to be the one seed overall. I'm not going to fight it. I think they have they have dominant regular season team written all over them. I love that team from a regular. They're season so standpoint. deep too. Yep, they are absolutely tremendous. And this is a year where you know Embiid shooting for one thing, and that is MVP. After getting yeah. cut short the last two years, uh, he's going to be out there as often as he possibly can. I was the, I was surprised by this in the Vsin Pro Basketball Betting Guide. I was the only person to have Embiid as the MVP. Yeah, I picked Tatum, but that was one where I regretted it. I'll say this. I think that Joel Embiid should be the favorite to win MVP and not Luka Doncic. Okay. I think that's fair. Uh, Jonathan Von Tobel, VSIN's NBA uh, senior analyst in studio, will continue with the Western Conference coming up next. We have another game. The Lakers have done quite well against the Warriors in recent years, and if healthy, the end result for the Clippers will be what at the end of the year? We'll ask them that coming up here and Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Follow the Money on VSIN. Taste victory, taste the Caribbean, hit the field for cash with the Malibu Football Challenge. Draft a winning lineup and take your free shot at a share of 5000 in cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com to get in on the action. Malibu, nothing beats the original 21 and over only. DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. We continue with Jonathan Von Tobel, VEASAN's senior NBA analyst here. He did a great job writing the uh, pro basketball betting guide, and you can get it at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Become a VEASAN pro subscriber. Uh, we do have a game tonight. Lakers at the Warriors. Golden State 4-7 and seven straight up last three years against the Lakers. Okay, so Paulie and I, we, we agree with a lot of stuff in the NBA, which can be a little bit scary, but uh, com- common plays have been pretty decent uh, with us on the show going back over the years. He has the Lakers in the playoffs. I don't. Where are you at with L.A.? Uh, ultimately, I decided not, right? I think when you're looking at their roster overall, and this is one where I don't feel like entirely confident about it, right? Because you have LeBron James, you have Anthony Davis, and if they're going to give you more than 60 games, because both of them played fewer than 60 a season ago, there's very much a possibility that this team is top of the play and can fight their way in. I totally agree with that. You yes. know, and, and I don't, I will say this, I do not think they're a top six seed in the West. I think if they're getting into the postseason, they're doing it via the play-in tournament, um, which is, you know, I think that's a very realistic and probable outcome for them. 
Um, but like, here's the thing. They did take the right steps. If they're going to bench Russell Westbrook, that's the start of something good for them. Yep. You know, in the guide for the starting lineup, I, I used I was it was Patrick Beverly as the starting point guard and Kendrick Nunn, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Thomas Bryant because I even put it in there you cannot continue to put this square peg in the round hole. If you have any sort of sense, you realize your best lineup is that starting five and Russell Westbrook coming off the bench and leading a bench, which, by the way, I think is kind of challenged defensively, but much younger, much more athletic, a little bit quicker. Like, can you imagine a bench unit where Russell Westbrook and the Lakers are just a transition unit where they're just getting up and down the floor, trying to play super quick? Like, it makes a lot of sense. So I will say I think they are taking the steps to maximize what their roster is. But then you evaluate their roster – compared to the rest of the Western Conference, and that's where I think you kind of stack up with it. Because, again, who are you leaving out of of these eight teams? Nuggets, Warriors, T-Wolves, Clippers, Suns, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Mavericks. Who are you leaving out? Mavs. See, I would think, because they're my eighth seed, I think that is a fair fair team to use. But I think, ultimately, having a player like Luka Doncic it tilts the balance in their yeah. favor as opposed to what's going on. But again, they I'm not going to fight you like violently on it. You know, they didn't do anything though. Well, uh, I that, agree. that concerns me. And you lose Brunson. The other thing, where are you at with the Pelicans? Zion's health. I know his counter with AD's health, but I like get it bringing in Schroeder, who's hurt right now. But uh, Nunn's got to stay healthy, and the acquisition of Beverly. But I just think it's going to make a world of difference to bench or hardly play Westbrook, mm-hmm. and I do think there'll be a trade coming later no, I, in the season. I would agree with that. And and here's the thing. So with the Pelicans. I really like what they bring to the table. It's really clear. Like, offensively, they're going to be freaking awesome. They're going to be one of the best teams in the NBA in terms of offensive rating. But one of the things that I don't think that we as a collective are talking enough about is how good are they going to be defensively? Because that's one of the things that kind of held them back at times last year. Like, if you look at their – like, C.J. McCollum is – not a great at like a defender at the point of attack. Brandon Ingram has shown flashes, but he's by no means a shutdown defender. Herb Jones is going to be their best guy. Diane Williamson has not been a good defender in his time in the NBA. I just wonder if that's going to be something that ultimately holds them back in a lot of these games, and especially again in an Eastern Conference where, or excuse me, a Western Conference where these all these teams that are going to kind of cannibalize on one another. So like win total of forty four and a half. I thought it was kind of high for New Orleans. I, I think they're on like the fringes of like the top six, maybe a play-in type of team. I understand why a lot of people like them, but we get so focused on how they're going to be, good, uh, how good they're going to be offensively. I do wonder how good they're going to be defensively as the season kind of gets going. A lot of wins here, though. I mean, you look at the yep. tanking. Four teams could be four of the five or six teams that tank could be in the West. So, and that's what I wonder. Like the, the tanking teams in the West, because obviously there's the Utah Jazz, there's the San Antonio Spurs who are down there. The Houston Rockets are an interesting team because they're super young. Oh, they got boy, a lot young, of good. Yeah. They got a lot of good talent though, and like. You just had the third overall pick. Are they going to really try to tank as the season goes along? Or are they going to try to build on this young court like the Pistons did at the end of last year, like the Timberwolves did the year before that? Like, I, I wonder what their mentality is going to be. But I'll say this about the tanking teams. Sneaky candidate to watch is in the East. The Charlotte Hornets yeah. are a team that I'm super down on. I didn't really understand. They were kind of desperate to hire Steve Clifford. They were looking for a coach after Borrego went. Clearly, the culture there has gotten a little sour because Borrego lost the team. And when you look at how poor this season could be. By the way, LaMelo Ball officially not going to play in the season opener because of that, that ankle injury. If you're getting around like end of beginning of February, end of January, and this team's like 12th, they're a little banged up, why, if you're the Charlotte Hornets, would you not look around and go, let's not take a shot at this. Let's start benching these guys. We're not going to be any good getting in there. You've gotten smoked each of the last two playing games that you've gotten into anyway. Why not take a run at the Scoot Henderson, Victor Wembanyama, yep. or one of the Thompson twins sweepstakes as opposed to trying to like push this when there's really no future for you, at least when it comes to this season? I don't like uh, what I was watching or hearing out of Phoenix. 
Yeah, it's weird, right? Okay, right. Uh, Pool got paid. Mm-hmm. Green was knocking him out. Kerr said, "I'm gonna not. I'm gonna keep the big guys under 30 minutes." And then you have the Clippers. Who wins more games of the three? Mm. I'm gonna say the Clippers because I think the Clippers are deep enough to overcome the games that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are gonna miss. And look at Ty Lue. Ty Lue is going to be a really good candidate to win Coach of the Year. But go back to last year, uh, how much he got out of this team. Those comebacks that they were – remember that Washington Wizards game where they came back and they were ridiculous in the fourth quarter? They were a really good team. They had that run at the end of the post – or excuse me, the end of the regular season where they made it into the play-in tournament. Ty Lue has quietly become one of the better head coaches in the NBA. And he maximizes a lot of what his roster brings to the table. And this team's deep, man. Like, Norm Powell is a six-man-of-the-year candidate. Robert Covington coming off of the bench. Mm. Terrence Mann, who is a really big piece of this, is like their eighth guy. Yeah. Right? Like, their ninth guy. Where's John Wall then? Right. John Wall, I think, is they've officially, I think they officially announced, if I remember correctly, Reggie Jackson is their starting point guard. By the way, that was something I never really got. John Wall's clearly going to be the bench dude. Has to but be. Reggie Jackson played with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard for a while. It makes a lot of sense. But, like, this team's super deep. And even like a Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard's still on this team. <laughs> He's like their 10th or 11th guy. I think, Paul, like that's a team that kind of overcomes a lot. And even in the games that they're going to rest their dudes, they're capable enough to win games. So if that team stays healthy, right, where do they finish at the end of the year? They're, they win the finals. They're the champs. I, I think they're the best team in the NBA. Wow. I, I, I think they are. I think the year that Kawhi Leonard oh. got hurt was a very, missed, a very big missed opportunity. They were clearly the best team. They matched up very well with the Utah Jazz. We saw that. They eliminated them. I thought they matched up extremely well with Phoenix if they were going to be out there and fully healthy, too. Now that they are put together and everybody is back and they have one of the deeper benches in the NBA, I rate them as the best team in the NBA. And I know that there's like a, one of our colleagues, he rates them as very high as well. I agree with his sentiment going out there. And if you can get like 8-1, to one, I think Shirk has got them at 750. That's right on the yeah. fringes of winning. Uh, it should be the price that you should probably go and look for. I think there is, to me, there's no question that they are the best team in the NBA. I would, go ahead. I was going to say, best bet for the one seed then. Would it be Clippers or we like the Nuggets? I, I think that I, I really like the Nuggets as a regular season team. And, and we'll see what happens in the postseason because they were in the Western Conference Finals a year ago. But if we're talking about like a, like number one overall seed and winning a whole bunch of games, I think the Nuggets have that written all over them. I, like, I like the, everybody keeps talking about Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. Look what they added, right? Like Bruce Brown's now part of this team. Like their bench got so much better as you kind of look around it, that they're like, when you saw the numbers with Nikola Jokic on the court as opposed to off court, it was an absolute nightmare. And Facundo yep. Campazzo was one of their best guards, which by the way, I don't know if you saw the Mavericks added him the other day. So uh, that, that team's kind of a nightmare when it comes to their guard position. But I think when you're looking at Denver and the depth that they're going to have, they're going to be able to overcome the days in which Porter and Murray, I think, rest. They're going to win a lot of games in the regular season, man. I, I really believe so. And we know that Jokic is an Ironman. He plays a bunch of, of games. Of course, yep. yeah. I feel the same way about the T-Wolves regular season. Yeah. I, so I, think, I made their win total 50, like just over 51, and so 48.5. And once, I think it was points bet when the win totals first got hung up, had 47.5 at a plus price to the over. Timberwolves are going to be a really good regular season team. Cat and Rudy Gobert fit tremendously together. It's kind of, I think at least, so remember last year when Robert Williams, what Ime Udoka did was like, all right, Robert Williams, you're not really great as a defensive center. When you're in all these play, pick and roll actions, we're kind of getting beat up. We're going to take you and we're going to move you off the ball. So now you're just going to defend the worst player, and every time somebody comes in on pick and roll, you're just going to crash the glass, you're going to assist, you're going to block, do all that stuff. Carl Anthony Towns is going to do that now. So now you have Rudy Gobert at the point of attack, and you have Carl Anthony Towns helping off of guys to come in and contest shots. Yep. This team's going to be really good defensively. And think about what they lost to get him. It is Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, and uh, there's one player I'm forgetting, but it's not like the worst thing in the world to give that up. And think about what they added. Kyle Anderson's freaking awesome. Yeah. When you look at um, 
Uh, Austin Rivers coming in as well. Fringes of the bench is going to be a guy like Bryn Forbes. Like, I, I kind of like what this Timberwolves team is, Super man. deep. Super. Yep. You have two win totals that you like in the Western Conference. We'll get to that coming up in about five minutes. Where are you at with Portland? I, dude, I don't know. Because <laughs> like, I think when you look at their individual pieces, you like them, right? Like, you like Damian Lillard. You like Nasir Little. You like Anthony Simons. But then when you put them all on the floor together... I don't think they're going to be very good defensively. I think Damian Lillard's good enough to kind of make them better than what they project to be. Ultimately, I think I'm kind of going to lean to like under and a team that misses out like in that play-in. That's a sneaky team too. Like you're talking about tank candidates. Yes. If it's not really going well, no, you yep. need something other than to add Jeremy Grant to the mix as a yeah. team. Yeah. I, I would look out for that potentially too. Really? Okay. Yeah. Good angle. You can follow him on Twitter. He is at MeJVT. Again, did a great job writing up the VSIN Pro Basketball Betting Guide. You can get it. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber at vsin.com slash subscribe. So we will get to the win totals that you like in each conference coming up. And also, uh, everybody's favorite thing to bet on, awards, long shots. Uh, Cases can be made for some long shots on Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man, and even most improved, find out who JVT bet and who he recommends coming up here on Follow the Money. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.
Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold this value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Get in on the football action this season with the Hulu Plus Live TV football extravaganza. Compete free for your share of 55000 in two ways. Predict what will happen in three college football pools. Then make your picks for eight fantasy NFL contests. Head to DraftKings.com slash Hulu NFL to play for free. Hulu Plus Live TV like cable only better. DraftKings.com for details. We will start this hour talking college football. Paul Stone joins the program now, professional sports better friend of the show. He's on Twitter at Paul Stone Sports, and that's also the name of his podcast. Good morning, Paul. How are you today? Oh, man, great to be with you guys, and uh, just looking forward, as always, to another weekend of college football. You bet. Before we get to a play that you like this morning, and a talk of uh, Bama maybe running the table and taking a shot at 4-1, to one, can you break down what your power ratings look like as of right now? Because we had, again, some... Some serious, uh, you know, shakedown Saturday over the week de- uh, weekend. What does your top ten look like right now in this sport? Yeah, I mean, we'll go uh, in reverse order. Uh, I've, I've got Ole Miss at number ten, TCU at nine, uh, USC at eight, Texas at seven, mm-hmm. Clemson at six, Michigan at five, Tennessee at four, Alabama three, Georgia two. And like most people, Ohio State number one. Okay. Very good. Paul, there you go. Okay. We, we, we were asking the question last week, who's the fourth best team in the country? And uh, even, even if Tennessee lost that game and it was a close one, they'd still be the fourth best team in your power ratings, I would assume. Well, you know, perhaps. I mean, these games are so, uh, you know, from a power rating standpoint, for instance, you know, Tennessee wins at home by three on a wobbler field goal at the end that they very easily could have missed. Mm-hmm. That home field advantage was certainly more than three points. So in that individual mm-hmm. game, even the way it turned out, Alabama gets a higher power rating for that game than Tennessee. And the same with Utah and USC. I mean, Utah benefited uh, from more than a three-point home field advantage against uh, the Trojans on Saturday. So USC, it kind of you know goes in uh, – in kind of the opposite direction of our traditional thoughts about winning and losing, but USC actually gets a higher power rating than Utah in that game because of their performance on the road. So, you know, these teams, when you get past the first three, Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama, you know, it's very uh, – you could go in any order, I think, with Tennessee, Michigan, and Clemson in those next three spots. This uh, this playoff could be a mess with all the candidates and who could finish 
undefeated and teams that are 11 and one with a close loss against a uh, against a good team, top five team. Is Alabama worth a look to run the table? Maybe four to one in that range to uh, win the title. You know, I couldn't fault a, a person too much if they took the tide at four to one. I mean, you look at their final five regular season games; they're going to be favored in all those five games uh, by double digits in all, uh, with the possible exception of a November twelfth trip to Oxford when they play Ole Miss. If the tide, you know, does win its remaining four SEC games plus the the game against an FCS opponent, they would then need to win the SEC title game you know, most almost certainly against either Georgia or Tennessee, mm-hmm. then win a college football playoff semifinal game to reach the national championship game. And if you get to that point, then you have the ability to hedge your position and ensure a profit. My concern about Alabama from a fundamental handicapping standpoint is just the fact they're not playing clean football. They're so undisciplined. I mean, you look at that Texas game a few weeks ago, 15 po- uh, penalties for 100 yards. Then they even do worse in the penalty category against Tennessee, 17 penalties for 130 yards. They also have the punt, you know, where the up man decides to try to scoop the ball at the last second and maybe advance it about a yard and a half. Just kind of an inexplicable uh, decision. So I'm a little bit concerned about that, but it's still Alabama. It's still Nick Saban, and I couldn't fault a person too much if they took that position at four to one. Okay, you're not the only one that has uh, Old Miss top ten, and they need one more win to go over their win total. But what do you think of a team ranked inside the top ten playing an unranked team? And the, the LSU now the favorite in that game. Yeah, I mean that's just an incredible uh, dynamic. You know, a guy like. Uh, you know, Chris Felica, Chris has such a database. I'd like to see what, you know, what data he could come up with an unranked team like LSU, uh, you know, being favored over a, a top 10 team. But Ole Miss, especially for a, a SEC West team, I mean, to this point, their schedule has been very, very uh, manageable. You know, they, the only really tough opponent they've played was then seventh-ranked Kentucky at home. They were able to eke out a uh, three-point victory there. Uh, they only beat Tulsa uh, by eight at home back in September. Uh, you know, Auburn uh, scored a lot of points on them. So this is a, you know, a top ten Rebel team, but we'll see what they're made of, I guess, in these last five games of the season because their schedule beginning at LSU on Saturday gets uh, increasingly difficult. So sticking in the SEC and uh, the Tennessee win again, so big. What a great atmosphere that was. Where do you have them finishing the regular season, and if you don't mind, I'll put you on the spot here. They do play Georgia on the road in three weeks. That's November 5th. As of right now, Paul, what would you make that point spread? You know, the Georgia, just off the top of my uh, head here, taking a quick look at my power rankings. Um, You know, I'm thinking I'd probably make Georgia, and this is just right off the top of my head, probably 10, 10 and a half points. I okay. think more than, uh, you know, a little bit into double digits there. Yeah, that sounds about fair. So it's going to be, I mean, Tennessee to go there and win is going to be, I mean, another huge upset for them. Um, and then, you know, for a potential spot in the SEC playoff game, still kind of difficult. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think a game before that, too. I mean, you know, you look for a, a you know, a letdown spot. Sure. 
this Tennessee team. And, and, you know, this game last week against Alabama, such a huge victory uh, in the Volunteers' recent history. And any time a team's fans storm the field, tear down the goalpost, and then ultimately throw them in the river, <laughs> I'm going to that team the next week. But Tennessee Martin, you know, they don't give us the opportunity because from a, you know, from a just a, a talent standpoint, they're so inferior. But the following weekend, a week from this Saturday, the Volunteers have to host Kentucky. So that might be your letdown spot. You know, the Wildcats, they can run the football with Christopher Rodriguez. They play some defense. Uh, theoretically, they could shorten the game. Uh, I think that line will probably be about the same as that uh, Georgia-Tennessee game. Uh, with Tennessee, however, being the favorite, maybe by 11 or 11 and a half, say. But that could be a tricky spot with Georgia on deck and, and all eyes uh, pointed towards Athens. You know, they could stub their toe um, conceivably against the Wildcats. The uh, it's a great observation. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. How about Oklahoma State? Tough loss. They blew a 14-point lead late against TCU. And now how do they respond? And nothing but Texas money this week in that game. Yeah, I mean, we learned uh, after the game, uh, apparently, that Spencer Sanders, the uh, Cowboys quarterback, didn't practice all week. And then at his press conference yesterday, Mike Gundy was asked about that and asked if Sanders would practice this week. And he said, hey, man, I'm not giving you all any injury information. So you get the feeling that that shoulder issue that Sanders is dealing with is quite significant. It's affecting his throws downfield. And uh, you feel like he's not going to practice this week, and there's a possibility. I mean, this game, I think, opened Texas minus one Mm -hmm. at Oklahoma State, and it's now six and a half. Mm -hmm. So it almost gives you the indication, perhaps, that that somebody feels like Sanders might not even play. But uh, as far as Oklahoma State, the collapse against TCU in Fort Worth this past Saturday, I don't think the Cowboys were quite as good as we thought they were all along. I mean, last year they could run the football with Jalen Warren, a 1,200-yard running back. They had a 1,000-yard receiver in Tay Martin. They don't have either one of those guys, top guys on uh, offense this year. But defense is really where they faltered. Last year they finished fourth in total defense at 290 yards a game. They are currently 121st in total defense, allowing 479 yards a game. They were 10th in scoring defense last year just a little over 18 points a game. This year, currently 90th in scoring defense, giving up 32 points a game. Central Michigan, a lot of it in garbage time, but in an opener, 546 yards and 44 points against Oklahoma State. They only had 337 yards against Akron last week. They scored 28 points, seven of those on the defensive touchdown. So this Oklahoma State defense, that's really where they're hurting the Cowboys just not the same club on that side of the ball this year. But 45 seconds left here, Paul. Uh, bet that you like this morning. You're going to go to the Pac-12. Tell us why you like Cal plus the points. You know, they stumbled last week, obviously, losing uh, to previously winless uh, Colorado 20-13 to in overtime in Boulder. Now the Golden Bears return to Berkeley catching eight points. Uh, first of all, we know Justin Wilcox, his team's very good as an underdog. 23-8 and eight against the spread as a dog uh, since he took over at the beginning of 2017. Cal, you know, they're far from prolific offensively, but they pass the ball 59% of their offensive plays. Washington gives up nine yards per pass attempt. They rank 120th in yards per pass attempt. 
I like Cal to rebound, perhaps even win the game. Oh. Take the ugly dog, Cal plus eight, this Saturday over Washington. Yeah, and it hasn't been pretty for the Huskies on the road either no. so far no. this year either. You can follow Paul on Twitter, at Paul Stone Sports. And, again, that's his uh, podcast as well. And, Paul, again, I can't thank you enough for uh, what you did after my dog Dexter died last week. That was super kind. You made a donation of his name out here to a Nevada charity. So oh. that was uh, an animal foundation, man. That was uh, A+. plus. Thank you so much. Well, I'll tell you, i got to give credit to my wife, Abby. I'm not going to take full credit because she said, man, you need to make a donation. And I said, that's the right thing to do. So I'm going to give credit to Abby. And uh, we love our animals. And you guys hang in there. Super, super sweet gesture, man. Good man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yep. Up next, the third biggest upset in this sport in the last 16 years. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Fall sports in full swing. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Football, hockey, basketball, or baseball. Bet Rivers has you covered. New promotions Tuesday hockey, first goal insurance. Friday night college football, bet and get. Sunday football parlay insurance as well. Head to betrivers.com or download the app. Today, the great Mike Florio joins us now. NBC Sports Pro Football Talk at Pro Football Talk on Twitter. Appreciate the time, sir. I'm watching the game last night thinking, my God, if Sean Payton was the head coach of either team, they'd probably win 11 or 12 games. Rule already gone. Kingsbury could be out. This could be a, a quite the market for Payton. Well, and Payton's going to have his choice of which team he goes to, and he's going to go to the team with the best quarterback and the best chance to win. Between the two teams last night, I would still go with the Chargers because I just don't know what Russell Wilson has left, and I don't know whether the Seahawks did a great job of disguising his flaws for a decade. There was always that sense that they weren't willing to embrace him as a full-blown franchise quarterback, and yeah. maybe we're finally seeing why that's the case, that he has limitations that have always been there. They just always navigated around them. You tweeted also 45 minutes ago that uh, just might as well stop complaining about the roughing the passer. Owners just do not care about this, Mike. Hey, look, here's the reality. Troy Vincent, the NFL's executive VP of football operations, said everything that needs to be said about this on Sunday morning. And I hope the game broadcasts start to view these calls through that lens. I'm not saying it's right but at least it helps the fans understand exactly what's going on here. This isn't about whether or not there actually was roughing the pass or whether or not it actually was seen clearly with the naked eye of the official who's trying to determine in real time what's happening. The rule is structured to allow the official to be wrong. They have the latitude to be wrong. That's what Tori Vincent said on ESPN Sunday NFL Countdown. They want them to err on the side of throwing the flag. They basically want to put a force field around these quarterbacks. Why? <laughs> because, as Troy Vincent said also, and I'm surprised he tore down the wall that I think should separate the integrity of the game and the league's business interests, he mentioned that 90-plus of the top 100 most-watched shows on TV last year were NFL games. They want people to keep watching games in huge numbers, and they know that that happens only if the starting quarterback are healthy. I mean, Justin Herbert versus Russell Wilson, as crappy as that game was, yep. still has more cachet than Chase Daniels and 
Brett Rippon for crying out loud. So that's why they're doing it. And the owners don't care. The owners broader business interests are supported by this approach where they tell in the rule book, the officials when in doubt on issues of roughing the passer, throw the flag. So that's why it doesn't, Hey, John Perry, was that a foul or not? It doesn't matter whether he thinks it was. Mm -hmm. What matters is the referee is told when in doubt, throw the flag. So again, that's why the owners don't care. The league doesn't care. The league is taking care of its broader business interests at the expense of the integrity of the game because you have teams losing games that maybe should win those games because they've had drives that should be done and over and they should get the ball back extended by calls that that really shouldn't have been roughing the passer call. Okay, very good timing here. Uh, You also were a lawyer. In these meetings, do they have – will they address Snyder? Do they have a problem? I mean, hiring private investigators, he claims he has the goods on several owners. What happens here? The report from the uh, trio of writers at ESPN that landed five days ago really didn't shock a lot of people because I've sensed for a while, and I think others agree, that the league has been afraid of Snyder, and we've seen the tactics or heard about them, or there's been litigation. There's been all sorts of reason to think that Snyder would fight hard and possibly fight dirty if the NFL tried to force him out. And there are multiple investigations that are pending that could result in the disclosure of facts that could create a groundswell to sweep him out, just like Robert Sarver was pushed out as the owner of the Phoenix Suns. Five years ago, it was Jerry Richardson pushed out as owner of the Panthers. The question is, at what point, if any, will Daniel Snyder ever voluntarily go away, and can they work something out? And I'm told that today at the league meeting in New York, even though it's not on the agenda There'll be a session with owners only, and there's no doubt, I'm told, that Snyder will be discussed. I don't know what the end game is, but it's definitely something that's on their radar screen. It's something they want to figure out. Al Michaels said it last week on the Thursday night game. Yeah. He's plugged in with the highest levels of the league. They just wanted to sell the team. I just think they have no idea how to get there. Okay, interesting. And, and what if women continue to come forward on, against Deshaun Watson? Well... The settlement between the league and Deshaun Watson covers anything that happened before the day that the agreement was signed in mid-August of 2022. It would have to be something after that and some misconduct fundamentally different from what he's been sued for. So the league can't do anything about it. He's going to have to defend these lawsuits and settle them or take them to trial or do whatever he chooses to do to vindicate his rights or, or just punt and move on. And the Browns are going to have to deal with it. The league is going to have to deal with it and he's going to have to deal with it. But unless there's something that's happened since then, since August of this year, or something that is different from what we've already heard about for the past two years, there's nothing more the league is going to be able to do. They can try, but there'll be a pretty strong fight based upon the language of the settlement agreement, that there's nothing more that can be done for anything that falls along the lines of the misconduct during massage therapy sessions for anything that happened before the day that the pen was put to the paper on that agreement. Follow the money. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mike Florio, our guest, Pro Football Talk. Are you buying either New York team? Am I buying who? Either New York team, Jets or Giants. Uh, I, I think I'll buy both of them for now. I, I believe... Uh, I believe more in the Giants, I think, right now, because Brian Dayball has done a great job of making chicken salad 
out of uh, uh, you know a roster that was not very good that Dave Gettleman put together. Mm-hmm. But the Jets, in my mind, are ascending. They have young players who are getting better before our eyes. So I think both teams are on track to be pretty good. Look, I can't remember the last time the Packers got thumped uh, in um, Lambeau Field mm-hmm. by a team that isn't regarded as a great team. 27 to 10, the backup yeah. quarterback's warming up late in the game. I mean, just weird, weird to see that. So um, I, I, uh, I, I believe in both of them right now, but maybe a little bit more in the Giants, especially, too, because they're in the NFC where the competition is mm-hmm. in its step. Very good. Good points, good points. You tweeted about Kelsey restructuring his deal. Could this be a landing spot for McCaffrey? What do you think happens with him? I think it's a landing spot for OBJ. I think that's why they, they have restructured Kelsey's deal. I think McCaffrey is a potential candidate to go to the Bills. Brandon Bean, the GM there, was in the front office in Carolina when Christian McCaffrey was drafted. He got that job in Buffalo just days after that. So I I think this is an OBJ move potentially for the Chiefs. You know, teams are saying, we're not pursuing him because he's not healthy. Well, if you wait until he's healthy, he's he's going to have signed with someone else. So um, I, I I think that's where that stands. OBJ possibly to the Chiefs and then maybe McCaffrey to the Bills. Wow. So are, are the Panthers in full-blown tank mode right now, or is that what it would take to get him there? Well, the thing about tank club, first rule of tank club is you don't talk about <laughs> And And, you know, the, the NFL knows that, that for as bad as a team is, that puts them in better position during the draft process. And the league doesn't – I think it's one of the reasons why there isn't a lottery. The league doesn't want to ever acknowledge – that there is any incentive directly or indirectly to lose games to try to improve your draft position. So when David Tepper, the owner of the team, was asked about it last week, he said, we try to win every game. Yeah. And, you know, why, why, why do you care when you're going to clean house, when you don't have a winning culture? The argument against tanking is it's antithetical to having a winning culture mm-hmm. because you're putting your worst players out there and hoping they lose, well, when you already don't have a winning culture, it doesn't matter. So, um, so I, I, I think that it would be smart for them to let nature take its course and get the first overall pick because then that makes the job more attractive to whatever coach they try to hire. Great job, Mike. Appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Big fan of your work. There you go. Yeah. Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, NBC Sports. And I agree with him on the Jets, too. Jets are improving. Young players getting better. Great job in the draft and what they did. If uh, you know if Wilson had put up de- decent numbers, uh, who knows what they could do? Could be a playoff team though as well. But the great job by Dable too with what the. Uh, how about this? The Jets are the second team in the Super Bowl era with a winning record through six games. They, despite being a dog in every game. Yeah. The only time that happened, the two thousand one Browns. Huh, think about that. I d- yeah. I saw that. Um, They're catching breaks. The, yes, they, they had are. no business beating the Browns. They're down 10 in the fourth quarter with eight minutes against the Steelers. They faced uh, Thompson. Bridgewater yep. got knocked out. After Tua got knocked out the week before. Now they might get ripping on Sunday. Uh, I'll say this about the Giants. I mean, the next four games at Jacksonville, at Seattle, there's a bye week, and then Texans and uh, the Lions. I mean, we're not They're talking doing, about a 9-1 team in this schedule, but are they going to yeah. be 8-2, and 7-3? and three? I would say probably. Yeah, possible, right? Which is nuts. Yes, it is. Uh, we'll get to our in-pocket plays. <laughs> bets that we have for the NBA season, which begins tonight, and an NHL hockey stat that I think will truly blow your mind coming up next.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.